You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. Hello, hello, everybody. This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to episode 82, Culture is Greater Than Attendance. This concept is one that's fun to talk about and fun to dream about, but when it comes down to the practical week-in, week-out of programming and expectations from leadership or parents, ourselves, or all three, uh, we can easily miss this important element of having a healthy youth ministry. Our guest today has been doing this for a long time. Uh, His name is Kyle, and Kyle and I talk about the importance uh, and some things to measure of how to get your culture back on top and seen as the priority instead of how many people you have at your event. So let's go ahead and hop into this conversation with Kyle. Kyle, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast today, man. Uh, It's been great talking with you for a while now. We finally got to make this happen. Uh, your cousin Scott put me in touch with you a long time ago, and uh, I think you're still back in, in Texas, if if I'm guessing right. Um, but yeah, for those watching and listening, tell us a little bit about who you are and your ministry. Yeah, uh, Jeff, it's, it's an honor and a privilege to be here. Uh, we have been trying to make this happen for a long time, and uh, I'm stoked that it's happening right now. Um, and kudos to my cousin, for the connection. Uh, it's a small world and getting smaller. But mm-hmm. yeah, my name is Kyle Wasson. I'm the student pastor of Bear Creek Church in Katy, Texas. Um, so if you're not familiar with with where Katy is, you look at Houston and go left and you'll find us. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so that's uh, that's me. I've been here for almost four years. Uh, have been in student ministry. This is year 16. Um, I know I don't look like it. I have a baby face, and um, I'm I'm counting on that being an ad, you know an advantage to me later on in life. Yeah. Uh, but I've been in student ministry since I was a freshman in college. Um, we'll celebrate 12 years of marriage to my wife Kelly in January. We have two little girls, Harper and Hadley. Uh, we have a dog. We have a cat, and our life is always crazy. Um, and so, yeah, I love student ministry. Um, it's one of those things that God called me to when I was in high school and never wavered from it, uh, knew that that was the direction that he wanted me to go. And so I started as an intern and then began to work my way kind of into a part-time role and more part-time and then a director role until eventually a pastor. And so uh, I get to oversee, uh, 6th to 12th grade at our church. Uh, which is just an extreme blessing. And then uh, ultimately get to focus on, you know, all of it. But then uh, specifically, I get to give some focused attention to middle school ministry, which uh, is an absolute joy. So that's a little bit about me. Uh, I mean, there's there's other things that I could say, but that's the gist. Yeah. Cool. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. I think our tracks uh, in ministry have a lot of similarity, uh, being called in high school to youth and um, working part-time interns and then, um, yeah, so that's awesome, man. Uh, we need, we need people, uh, like you who are in it and enjoy it and see the long-term benefits and reasons to be in it. So that's great. Dude. Sure. That's great. Sure. So for this episode, uh, we're talking about the importance of prioritizing the right things in your youth ministry. 
Uh, I know we're officially using the focus labels in this case for culture over attendance, but I feel like mm-hmm. there are related terms and interchangeable terms people could put in there. I think maybe a more general way to describe the tension would be long-term desires and vision is better than shallow and short-term markers of success. So, uh, yeah. So Kyle, you've been in the game for a long time. Uh, Let's start by looking over your time in youth ministry. Um, What are some examples where you've seen those short-term successes and measurables become the priority and then if you've seen those, what happened in those spaces in the long term? Yeah. So, you know, I can think of a couple of <clears throat> story situations, but uh, one that, that sticks in my mind in particular, um, there was an event that we would do um, in the fall. It was right around Halloween-ish. Um, it was supposed to be a huge outreach event. So we'd pour a lot of energy, effort, focus, attention, and communication, promotion, uh, would bring in, you know, like inflatables, activities, giveaways, prizes. I mean, like we did the thing big. Uh, and then, you know, we, we got a bunch of kids to show up and it was awesome. Um, and, and then like I shared the gospel and some students responded, but despite our follow-up process, which was really solid, I think, um, they're just, we didn't see any long-term, uh, benefit from that event. And mm. so it was celebrated like, oh my goodness, we had all these people, the room was filled, look at all the noise and the hype and the, all this. But then two, three, four months down the road, you know, we're reaching out to these students, trying to invite them back, get them connected to the student ministry and, and it's just not working. Um, and so, you know, that's a, a recent example. I know uh, early on in my ministry, the, the tension was always there to to fill the room. You want critical right. mass. You want um, a lot of momentum. You want a lot of hype and energy and, mm-hmm. and different people have said this exact same thing. Um, so, you know, if I quote one person and the quote actually originated from somebody else, I feel like I'm going to get blasted, but the quote itself is, you know, um, whatever you, you bring them with, you've got to keep them with. And so if you bring them with hype, then you've got to keep them with hype. Yeah. And obviously, you know, this generation of students, they are so, uh, they're not lacking in entertainment. Like there's not much that we can do to really, that's going to be cutting edge and new, you know, there's, there's, you know, Solomon says in the Bible, like there's nothing new under the sun, right. In Ecclesiastes. And so um, for me, like over the last, I don't know, it's kind of been a mindset shift over the last probably four or five, six years. um, I felt that tension because I've been in places and I know we'll get to this, I think later on in the conversation, but I've been in places where, um, I was held to a standard where it just felt unattainable. Mm. And, you know, I just, I was really wrestling with that. Like, okay, God, how do I continue to be faithful in what you've called me to do? Reach teenagers with the the life-changing power of the gospel um, while uh, feeling like the net is, is closing in around me. Um, and so, you know, I just kind of gotten to the point having been in ministry for as long as I have that I've just realized, man, Having an amazing event, you know, getting hundreds of kids here is amazing. But in my opinion, what happens after that, honestly, oftentimes and more often than not, is more important than actually happens that night or that that weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've chosen to just go the route of, hey, numbers are a good thing, but they're not the thing. Um, they help kind of figure out 
um, where we are, what's going right, what maybe we need to tweak. But if you live and die with numbers, you're going to live and die and, yeah. and you're going to miss that encouragement, that, that call that God has on each one of our lives as youth pastors and youth leaders and volunteers to be faithful. God's going to be fruitful when we're faithful. And that's one of the things that we've seen uh, at our church over the last probably, uh, I don't even, even know, um, Bear Creek um, was given a pretty prestigious honor recently as a, as a fast growing church. And I think it's really because we're just being faithful. We're not doing anything necessarily flashy. Um, but, you know, like I said, I believe that God honors obedience. He honors faithfulness. So hopefully that answers your question. I and mean, I think that it's, it's, it's easy to focus on short term. Um, the long term game is a whole lot harder uh, because the results aren't immediate. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I learned in business school uh, when I was in college is, hey, the true test of an investment is not the days, weeks, months, sometimes even years after you make it, but it's the the stepping back and going, okay, when a sixth grader enters a ministry, it's chaos for many sixth graders, right? But then you step back and if, if you're not careful, you could have a small group where they're just chasing rabbit trails and all confused. And you feel like maybe, man, I missed the mark. I failed. But it's not until stepping back three, four, five years later and going, Wow, that kid's a, a sophomore. They're a junior now. And look at what the Lord is doing in their life. And so that's why I try and remind myself, don't get so focused on the short-term stuff. Don't get so focused on the numbers. Um, I believe that when you're faithful to the Lord, he'll be faithful to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that doesn't just prove itself or show itself uh, individually, personally, but also professionally in ministry. Yeah. No, that's a great perspective, man. It's a great answer. And um, yeah, it's... I think I think this question, at least for this part of it, I mean, you, you alluded to something that we'll get to in a little bit, but also I think when people are first looking at this question for themselves, whether they're an intern, a volunteer, a seasoned youth worker, um, ego and pride, even if it's not overbearing and you're not really seen as an arrogant person, you do want to be affirmed and like, okay, I'm doing things right because here's what I'm seeing. And, right. and that, and that um, evidence or that drive isn't bad, but especially in an entertainment-driven culture, right? Whether it's students inundated with technology, whether it's just the social appeal of having likes or shares or things going viral or the loudest voice wins, whether it's right or not. Um, mm. You know, I think because that's the culture when you're in it, Um, even if we subscribe to, hey, our kingdom is not of this world, hey, there are certain standards for us and God's kingdom is backwards and the the weak are seen as strong and all that, it's easy for us to measure success by how everyone else does because Mm -hmm. there's no weird mental hurdles for us to jump through or, okay, I know this isn't going well, but I'm still doing it, you know, and it's like you're trying to drive yourself from an empty place if you're not truly rooted in what you believe you preach and what you believe you're trying to guide the students toward. And I think that's probably a wrestling that uh, Christians go through in many different ways. But when you're in ministry, um, it's hard because those small little thank yous here and there and different things are like huge and life-giving and amazing. 
but there's always that pursuit or that hustle of wanting to have more just to have more or to have more to prove your own worth in ministry. And that can be a dangerous chasm that people easily slip into. And they might even realize they're falling into it until they've already like made it halfway down, you know? Sure. Yeah. 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 There's, there's a whole lot of wisdom to what you said. And early on, early on in ministry, that's exactly, that was my perspective. Oh, as soon as I get out, graduate out of seminary, I'm going to go to a big church and it's going to be flashy with a big Uh budget, big facility, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And man, like if God calls you to that, that's awesome. Praise the Lord for that. That's great. Um, But over the course of my time, just in ministry, I've, I've felt myself wrestling with that exact same tension that you described and it's like a roller coaster mm-hmm. because, you know, you have an, 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 you know, a great response, a great night, whatever. And you begin to think, I did this. I'm the one who made this happen. And so if you think when you win, that you're the one bringing the win, that when you consider a loss, you internalize that and you, you carry that, you, you shoulder that too. And so, like you said, it's those, oh man, I need that encouragement. And I need this little boost here and there. And I've been there. That's that's a huge part of my story. Um, and and I, w- I was living for conferences and retreats and just little things that would pour into me kind of like a booster shot, you know, like, man, refill me, get me re-energized, go back into the battle because it is hard. It's, it's hard being compared to this student ministry or that student yeah. ministry or that church or this church. Um, nobody wins when we compare. Right. right. And so it, it's one of those things that, like you said, sometimes sh- it's so ingrained in you that you don't even know that that's how you think until you take a step back and go, Oh snap. Um, I've gotten off. I've gotten off the path here. I need to course correct. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's true. Very true. And uh, so for those who are watching and listening, probably most can objectively see, okay, I see why, or I, I know that culture should take priority and long-term stuff should win out over attendance and other things. But that doesn't mean it's easy. And that touches on kind of the tension that you mentioned and found yourself in um, in certain spots. And considering that, probably from your own experience and just my own experience and connections with other people in youth ministry, I've known several pastors and lead pastors who have kept their youth pastors on a short leash regarding a minimum level of programming attendance, big event attendance, decisions for salvation. And um, I can imagine, because of all of that, that several who are tuning in have that. And they're like, you know what? What you guys are talking about is nice, but in my day-to-day, it's pie in the sky. And I don't think I can ever get out from under the maybe well-intentioned, kingdom-oriented heel of of my pastor and that, and that yeah. hey, yeah. you know, and... And I've also personally known in some of those situations, people who are killing it, who have great numbers and maybe not like bursting at the seams, but great numbers and consistent, and they've been let go because it's not enough. And yeah. it just infuriates me because um, there's so much um, need for this next generation and to have arbitrary goals that, yeah... It's great if attendance is high and whatever, and but if you're just trying to boost numbers for your image or hey, 
you know, if churches want to pursue being the fastest growing and they're, or they want passing the back from whoever, like they're going to chase things that are probably not the greatest things to chase for the absolute wrong reasons. Um, so, so Kyle, for those who are listening, who are maybe in that kind of situation, how, what are some ways they can help their leadership see that misstep and get a new gauge for success in ministry? Yeah. So, you know, I, I love the fact that you said the fastest growing part, because I say that very hesitantly. Mm. Uh, you know, one of the things that we have been, it's been ingrained in us here at Bear Creek is, look, it's not about the numbers. It, yeah. it will never be about the numbers. It is about this, the, the, the people, the faith community that we are building, that God is building. Um, and so everything that we do is saturated around the gospel. Um, it, it's not, you know, flashy. We, we will do some things when we feel like we need to, but everything is, is seasoned. It's, it's focused on the gospel. And I think that's why, um, the Lord is really doing some things, um, at our church. I wanted to just make sure that anybody listening, you hear that mm-hmm. because it's not like, like, like Jeff said, I've been in a situation before where the, the target kept moving. Um, I would feel like I was, I was hitting it and then, Oh snap, it changed. Um, and so that can be, like you said, infuriating, frustrating, demoralizing, whatever you want to say. Um, and so one of the things that, you know, we do here that maybe this is just a good, helpful practice, um, is we set some goals. Um, I believe that that goal setting is healthy. I think that, uh, you know, it, it requires a whole lot of faith. These aren't goals that, we're saying, hey, like this is really easy for us to hit. Like we can do this. We're we're stretching ourselves. We're asking the Lord. We pray in staff meeting as we make these goals. God, please give us exactly what we need to do this because ultimately we want to honor and glorify you. And what what I've loved here thus far in the last almost four years is when we hit the goals, we celebrate. When we don't hit the goals, we celebrate because it's not so much the end game is, or the the ultimate outcome as much as it is the faithfulness through the process. Mm-hmm. And so what I would say to, to anybody, you know, leaning in, listening, watching, whatever, um, if you're in that situation, one of the best ways that you can communicate what God is doing in your student ministry to upper leadership, senior pastor, executive pastor, whoever, is to celebrate, to celebrate wins. Anytime uh, a student gives their life to Christ, let senior pastor know that anytime a student wants to be baptized, let a senior pastor know that Um, anytime that you take a student from uh, being disconnected to being connected, you celebrate that. I'm I'm convicted um, as a church, as a, as a big C church. I don't think we celebrate enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we have the greatest news ever. And when someone latches onto it and they take a hold of it and Jesus takes a hold of them man, like there's a party in heaven. There needs to be a party here too. Mm-hmm. And so I think just, just having those conversations little by little, that will help kind of move the needle. Now, honestly, it can still be incredibly discouraging. And once again, I, I've been there. That's a, that's a part of my ministry journey, being in a situation where I was constantly compared to other churches down the road, down the street, in the city. Um, and it never felt like enough was enough. And in those situations to those people, here's what I would say. Um, There's going to be plenty of people that don't see your faithfulness behind the scenes, but God is seeing that. And I believe I've just, I've just chosen kind of as just my personal uh, theology of work that it may not be seen now, but it's going to be rewarded later. 
And, you know, there's a statistic that just keeps me up at night. Um, Rough conservative estimates say that if the church doesn't do anything, like if we keep doing the exact same thing that we're doing, 42 million teenagers are going to walk away from the faith by 2050. So if you contextualize that, you know, I know where I live, we cheer for the Astros and I know the Astros are America's um, hated team for a bunch of different reasons. Um, But our stadium holds 42,000 people. So that's a thousand baseball stadiums worth of teenagers who, if the church doesn't change our strategy, they're going to bounce. So why do I say that? I say that because if we keep promoting hype, and we keep promoting big events and we keep promoting like just this surface level shallow mentality in student ministry, we can expect to keep getting the same results. Right. And so I think it's, it's men and it's women um, who are in the trenches to say, you know what, I'm going to keep being faithful to the Lord. He's going to be faithful to me. Um, That faithfulness may look different in different seasons. It may uh, not always work out the way that we think that it worked out or should work out. But at the end of the day, you don't ultimately answer to your pastor, your senior pastor, your executive pastor. You ultimately answer to King Jesus. He's called you to the greatest job, the greatest calling um, that anybody can outside of, you know, parenthood, uh, spouse, et cetera. So I, I just think, man, I have such a burden, such a heart for youth pastors, youth leaders, youth volunteers who are, are trapped in that numbers game because it's a hamster wheel. And eventually if you're not careful, if you're not intentional about caring for yourself, caring for your soul, you're going to burn out. And I've been there. I've been really, 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 really close Mm. to burnout. And, uh, and so all of that to say, man, just looking for opportunities to, to share those wins with your key leadership. Um, Not to, you know, if, you know, it's, it's just really hard, Jeff. It's really hard. I have, I have such a, I could talk so long about this and I know that we don't have time to do it, but um, I've been where many, many people are. I've, I've, I've cried those tears. I've, I've languished, I've anguished. I've, I've been frustrated, but I'm at a point now kind of on the other side of all of that, where I go, okay, God, I'm just, I'm going to put my faithfulness, my, my effort in your hands. And I'm just, I'm going to ask you, to do it. And that's one of the things that we're seeing here. We're seeing the Lord do those things because we've made goals and we want to hit those goals. But at the end of the day, every, every one of those numbers is a soul. Every single one of those mm-hmm. souls is, a, you know, is a student who King Jesus died for. And so um, whatever you can, I mean, obviously like outside of this podcast, this episode, feel free to um, at the end, I can share contact information, get in touch yeah. with me. Um, I've been there. That's a part of my story. I know it's hard. I know it's discouraging sometimes, but um, you know, Jesus had a youth group of 12 and one of them deserted him. Right. Mm-hmm. So like we're not guaranteed success. He's the greatest leader, greatest small group leader greatest <laughs> uh, that the world has yeah. and ever, will ever see. And so like, we, we just gotta, we gotta compare ourselves with him. And anytime we do that, obviously we'll fall short. But when we look at how much he loves us and, and how, what he thinks about us, we can keep serving with faithfulness, knowing that he's got the results. Yeah, no, that that's good. That's a good word, man. And I think uh, that last part too. Like, uh, I love the celebrating wins. I love the keeping the perspective, having other people help you keep it. On that same note, having people around you who help hold you up 
and sometimes more literally than fit than metaphorically they are holding you up because yeah it can be i mean ministry burnout is real um i know it's talked about a lot and people tend to tune out because how much is talked about but there, there's a reason it's talked about as much as it is especially with covid uh yes political polarization um there's just a lot of uh real danger and potential out there for for burnout um so that's good yeah. that's a good word man um all right let's give our uh, listeners and watchers, uh, a short list of some clear takeaways. So bullet point, short list here. Uh, what are some ways that youth pastors and youth workers can make sure the culture, vision, overarching long-term stuff is more important than arbitrary short-term checkboxes? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Uh, number two, continue to cast vision to your team. Yeah. Um, the more that you remind them, you know, we say, we think we say it three times and, and we're good, but yeah. by the third time they're just hearing it for the first time. Yep. Yep. So continually repeat that, you know, continue to, to celebrate, um, when you see the Lord doing those things and, and he will, like I said, I've seen him bless faithfulness. I know he does that. So celebrate, um, continue to cast vision, um, continue to care for yourself because like you said, mm-hmm. ministry is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yep. I thought it was a sprint when I was a young leader. Oh my goodness. I skinned my knees. I, I cracked elbows, got some bumps and bruises and dents along the way. So ministry is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Surround yourself with, with people who will, uh, encourage you, support you, uphold you. Um, and, and ask God as well. Um, this is kind of an understated thing, but ask the Lord to begin to kind of remove some of those false mentalities from leadership mm. and just, mm. Hey God, like I, this is the way that I see it. And this is the way I believe you've called me to see it. And this is the way that I think will work. Um, if that's in line with what you want, God, then just move the needle um, without me even having to, to do anything. Right. Because yeah. like you said, short leases are a real thing. Um, but oftentimes I think some, you know, we put too much emphasis on what we can do and not enough emphasis on what God can and wants to do. He mm-hmm. wants to build his church. He wants teenagers to come to faith. He wants them to be lifelong followers of him. And so he's going to bless that when we're faithful. Yeah. Awesome, man. Love it. Love it. Uh, what are some ways people can uh, keep up with you and, and connect with you online? Well, I'm on all of the social media platforms, um, Instagram. Uh, I'm not on TikTok yet. A lot of my <laughs> students are trying to get me on TikTok, but I don't know if I'm cool enough for TikTok, yeah. Facebook. Uh, my, you know, I serve at Bear Creek, so you can get my church email from the Bear Creek website. Um, but I've had a lot of people over the course of 16 years really be a support and encouragement, a, a holding up, like mm. you said, for me. Um, and if that's you, uh, and, and there's something inside of you listening to us talk that says, "Hey, I, I would love to reach out to him," do it. Don't hesitate. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll call you back. I'll text you back. I'll DM you. Whatever. Um, I just care about healthy leaders and I care about long-term youth ministry uh, investment because uh, that's what we need to, to, to avert this 42 million exodus. We, we need to build relationships and culture over hype and short-term things, like you said. Yeah, for sure, man. That's a good word. Kyle, thanks again for joining us, dude. Uh, I'll be praying for you and praying that people around Likewise. you continue to uh, hold you up. And uh, yeah, let's keep getting it for the next generation. Thanks, bro. That's right. Get it, guys. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you all. That concludes today's episode. 
Thanks again to Kyle for joining me. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. And be sure to check out our website, youthministrymaverick.com. There, you can see a comprehensive list of our guests, their bio information, some organizations that can help you in your ministry, some articles I've published, and a store to help support the podcast. Also, we would love if you give us a review on Apple Podcasts, not just a rating, but a review. It helps our visibility, and we would really appreciate that. If you do leave us a review, take a screenshot of it and send it to me, and I will personally mail you a thank you card with some podcast swag that you can't get on the store. Well, that does it for today. Thanks again for listening. Please share this if it helps others that you know, and we hope that you've been encouraged by it. Until next time, adios.